You are Locked On Wild, where it's your Minnesota Wild every day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hi, everyone. I am Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota, and with me on the phone for an emergency podcast is Joe Booley of ZoneCoverage.com. Joe, you just wanted to go to work today, come home. Instead, we've got this. Yeah, I'm, I might as well be the uh, the veteran going, oh my god, when they come to the scene of the uh, accident, and, and the rookie is still over there puking in the back. <laughs> or, uh, or in Independence Day, where everyone's just like, my god. <laughs> or uh, or Super Troopers at the beginning when the uh, when one of the guys flies by him on the um, in the car and he goes, mother of god. The point is, these are our shocked faces here at Very Lockdown shocked. Wild. And, uh, and it, the reason why, in case I, I forgot to say it, is that Bruce Boudreaux this morning learned, and, and we all learned too, that he is out as the Minnesota Wild head coach. Bill Guerin made the decision after a disappointing shootout loss to the New York Rangers with, uh, with the Wild out of the playoff spot still. He will be replaced by Dean Evason, who was hired as an assistant last year by Paul Fenton. So, mm-hmm. Joe, what is your initial reaction? Uh, this is my... I'm shocked. I'm really shocked, like, uh, like um, on dodgeball. I know I, I... I'm shocked that it came at this time. The timing is weird. Overall, like, I think we... I, I was fully on board with the, with the notion or the thought that this was going to happen after the season concluded because for a team that was... Looking well, especially at the beginning of the season after after a rough October, for a team that was probably looking to be drafting high in the uh, in the entry draft this offseason, like why make a change now? Make Bruce kind of bite the bullet on it, and whatever come ha- you know happens. And uh, so the timing is odd now. I mean, the team is three points out of a playoff spot, even after losing in a in a shootout after um, you know a tough loss at home. Uh, where they had a three to one lead with about, I don't know, I think between seven and eight minutes to go. But I can't imagine like this has happened more than enough a couple times, I think, this season where like why why now? Um we're obviously gonna find that out here hopefully soon, but that's kind of my initial reaction is the timing of this all kind of feels weird. Yeah, I was really surprised to see that Bruce was fired at this time just because they're if Garen had been itching to fire Bruce, there would have been times to do it before, like you said. Like they started out four nine and one. You know, this is a team that uh, <laughs> that you know you could have you could have said like, okay, like this isn't a great team, but this is a team that should actually be competing for a playoff spot instead of you know hanging around the lottery. Uh, and then there was a there was another stretch where they dropped what was it uh, six of of seven games in January. Like, yep. Like that would have been a time to to make the move, and and it comes in, you know, after a disappointing loss, but in you know the middle of of overall the team streaking. So it is uh, it is really curious, you know, and the fact that he did it this morning when uh, when Bruce kind of came into the room, uh, showed up to Tria Rink to to practice this morning. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta understand like Bruce is a fiery guy. Like it sounds like he kind of, I wouldn't, I don't know if Russo said he stormed out, but he certainly left right away. Like, 
I can't imagine what uh, what he, Bruce is thinking at this point because I'm sure he was blindsided by it, thinking that he had at least until the end of the year. I, I knew he knew all season that, you know, a new GM. This is the second GM, uh, actually third GM since he's been in Minnesota, but second new GM, and the fact that uh, all GMs want their their guys in their, in their, uh, as, as the head coach of their team, as they put the stamp on their, on their new franchise, that he was clearly a lame duck or on the hot seat to begin with. But, uh, after, like we said, surviving October, kind of coming out of it when, when, uh, Garen makes the Zucker trade earlier this week and puts everybody on blast or on notice, basically saying like, look, if there's any sort of quit in this team, then there's going to be other changes or other trades being made. I thought that was all on the players. Um, so it's certainly interesting. Like I, I feel like he was blindsided a li- little bit by this because he certainly didn't have any notion in the press conference last night that, uh, that his job was on the line um, at any point in real time, just be- at, at all. Because we, if you remember when Mike Yo was fired, Mike Yo had a feeling. It was very uh, eerie when Mike Yo had his final press conference before he was fired. So uh, just, just kind of strange in general. Mm-hmm. Two bad losses in the last three games, and both of them you could probably pin at least a little bit on goaltending. Uh, Devin Dubnik letting in a couple of bad goals against Colorado in a 3-2 loss. And then Alex Stalock, you know, uh, maybe maybe those weren't bad goals. I, I'll, I'll leave it up to, to you, Joe, to decide whether they were bad goals or not. But at least, you know, having a 3-1 lead and then blowing it late, just uh, just taking a moment to recognizing that uh, that the goalies, it's always the goalies that get, uh, <laughs> get, uh, get the coach fired. It definitely feels that way. Like, and, and Garen should not be surprised by this at all because uh, the the goaltending has been a situation all season long and you know it's got to be on his priority list to address if if they're going to go with Kaprasov and look to try to make the postseason next year and try to reshape and all that kind of stuff then goaltending has got to be addressed in the short term as well so in my opinion like if you knew that goaltending was suffering and it's been sketchy all season I even brought it up uh, other times where, where Staylock can look brilliant in one game and from game to game and from period to period can look shaky at best too. I mean, last night I thought against the Rangers, he was, he was out there swimming quite a bit and I didn't think necessarily defense was particularly awful, but uh, he just seemed to overcommit and, and commit too early. And I think that uh, kind of had it in. So while I think that, yeah, maybe there are probably some goals that could have been stopped, or could have been stopped. Um, and certainly, you know, Gorgiev made the save when, when the wild, when the Rangers needed it. I, I'm, I'm still thinking like, okay, well, if you know that the goalies are kind of costing the Wild some games this season, and you're not really looking to necessarily win and win big, why make this move now? Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go and head into a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk about uh, where we think the uh, the team goes from here, how it will impact the team, etc. And also, Bill Guerin should be doing his press conference any minute now, so we uh, will probably react to that. You're listening to Locked on Wild. And we are back. 
with Lockdown Wild. We are still in emergency mode. Bruce Boudreaux has been let go this morning, and we are trying to uh, to figure out what's going on and where the team goes from here. And, Joe, I'm going to put something to you, all right? Hit me with it. All right, here are the wild forward leaders in ice time. You have Zach Parise, 1710. Eric Stahl, 5, uh, 1705. Sound about right. Yeah, okay. Miko Koivu, 1624. Matt 16, uh 13. Then you have uh, Jason Zucker, who's gone. Then uh, then guys like Luke Cunning, Jules Eriksson, Eck, all at, at the 15-minute mark. Kevin Fiala hasn't even cracked 15 minutes on average a night this year. Uh, guys like Jordan Greenway, 14 minutes. Uh, Ryan Donato at, at less than 11 minutes a game. So hmm. you've got these young guys who are, are the future of your franchise who you need to get a good look at, and none of them are, are playing in as high of a role as they can. Like Even with even with no second-line center, poor Jules Eriksson can have a great season, half a point per game on the third line, and not even get a sniff on the second line. So my thing that I'm putting to you is maybe this move, even though it's going to be trash today, uh, Bruce Boudreaux is a, a great coach. This is very true. And it's yeah. probably very true that Minnesota isn't going to find a better replacement. That's right. probably true. Bruce Boudreaux a Hall of Fame coach. But for this team at this moment where they need to play young players and they need to play them in elevated roles and they need to get good looks at it, at them, Capo Kakinen and Gold too. Like, that's another thing. Jerry Mayhew couldn't get a sniff uh, in in uh, the, uh, the AHL when he came up from the AHL. So, isn't it better, even if you're you're taking it, may, a hit in coaching talent, perhaps, to get someone who is going to look at the players who are presumably your future? That's a really great question. You're basically talking about, is development more key now at this point than, than making the postseason? And I would say that, in my opinion, yes, development has been key pretty much this entire season. That said, it's obviously a mixed message com- considering what Bill Guerin said. Uh, just even as recent as uh, as was it Monday? Was it Monday? Yeah, it was Monday night when Jason Zucker. It was actually Tuesday of press conference by saying, "Yeah, it, we're looking to make the postseason, and there shouldn't be any lull." It's it's mixed messaging actually right now. So that's what's kind of confusing about it. That said, you're right. The uh, the wild need to worry about development of these young players, maybe balance out the ice time a little bit more. The future is kind of now with some of these guys and we need to see more from them and what they're capable of doing and giving them opportunities to play with, with top players at the same time, again, with like a lame duck coach here where we all kind of assume that the change was going to be made after the season. Why make the change now? If you're just going to name an interim and Dean Evison. Yeah, I guess that's that's my question too. Is is just like okay, like you're you're gonna name a coach and you're, and you're not gonna have like a coach necessarily lined up. Like I don't think that Dean Evason is a, a real contender for the next job. Do you? Especially since he's a Paul Fenton guy. No, I don't think he's a real contender for the next job. And I mean, he might surprise some people here. Uh, with the next, uh, I don't know, less than or a little over 20 games left or so. Is that, I think we're right around that mark. Yeah, something like that, 24-ish. Yeah, so he might be able to do something here to show that he could be worthy of it, but I still feel like 
obviously this has been a topsy-turvy season for big-name coaches in the NHL. We saw Mike Babcock get let go. Peter Laviolette, Peter DeBoer uh, has been fired and then rehired. Um, Gerard Gallant was fired and dismissed. There's some names out there for sure. But one of the names that you did see pop up uh, in, I think, um, Russo's breaking news article was was longtime friend of Bill Guerin was Doug Waite. And I think Doug Waite was also did some work with uh, the New York Islanders for, for some time. And, you know, I, I could see something like that happening. Now, at the same time, if you're not ready to bring him in now, why make that move now? Yeah, Doug Wade had a had a good interim stretch with the New York Islanders uh, that got him to close to a playoff spot. Maybe they they did manage to sneak in, uh, but then had a pretty mediocre season following up with uh, with them. I, I don't know if I would be super happy with Doug Wade, you know, given his track record, at least on an initial impression. Like maybe maybe he's learned some things and you know he's ready to step into that next job and he's you know. Uh, he's got stuff that he can build on. I, I don't know about any of that, but just at least in terms of, you know, track record, like there's there's really not much there. I know that he was a, a really good player for a long time and really respected, but uh, yeah, I don't know about that one. Um, what do you uh, what do you think is important for the rest of the season other than development? Well, I think it's. Uh, I think, like I said, kind of um, in our probably our ditch now uh, <laughs> listener segment or listener's choice episode because of our emergency situation here. But uh, I think that uh, if if this team is going to continue to try to make the postseason, I want players like Kevin Fiala, like Jules Eriksenak, like uh, Jordan Greenway and Ryan Donato being the ones leading the charge and given ample opportunity to do that. If it's going to be Eric Stahl, Zach Parisi, Ryan Suter, and Matt Zuccarello, then I'm not interested in in going for the postseason. I think the next trade is also going to be pivotal as well. Mm-hmm. I think you and can it, make it really tra- does feel more than ever that there's going to be a next trade if you're making this change. I, I absolutely think so. If you're going to I, I think you can spin the Jason Zucker trade the way he did by saying, no, we're still going to try to make the postseason. This kind of helps us for here and now as well as into the future and and still spin it enough to make it seem like you're not completely punting. But the next trade, if there's a big one and it's for more futures, which is which is, I think, the direction that they absolutely need to go, as well as maybe like a young player that can can step into the NHL now. It's going to be kind of the the um, this the the signal beacon that this team is looking to make some really drastic changes. And before we go off into our next segment, I just want to uh, to give a moment where we can appreciate Bruce Boudreau comes in Minnesota immediately has the best season that they've ever had, and it is ironically, uh, I, I suppose, uh, ruined by goaltending. As it uh, as his uh, his season was today, and then uh, you know he kept Minnesota competitive for I would say long after their competitive window should have shut, and I I, I think that that deserves 
some mm. appreciation. He's a great coach, and you just have to uh, to wish him the best going forward. Absolutely. He's, he's incre- he seemed incredibly uh, approachable, affable with the media, and uh, just a treat to kind of watch. Uh, I stuck around for the post-game press conferences just because I wanted to know what Bruce Boudreaux was going to say because uh, it could be funny. He could light a player uh, light, light a fire on somebody's ass. But uh, I think that uh, it was great having him here in Minnesota, and I think that uh, he's deservedly uh, he, – I think he deserved better. I think we all think that. I think a lot of fans believe that he deserved better. Um, so we wish him well and hope that uh, whatever his future holds, that uh, it's going to be a good one. Anyway, we are going to go and take a break. When we come back, we are going to react to the the press conference that Bill Guerin is having as we speak. You're listening to Locked On Wild. And we are back at Locked On Wild. I'm Tony. With me is still Joe. We are still in emergency mode. Bruce Boudreaux has been dismissed. Dean Evason has stepped in as the interim head coach. And Bill Guerin just finished addressing the, the media. So, Joe, we gotta say our initial reactions to this press conference. It certainly seemed that Bill Guerin has uh, no longer inherited this team. It is now his with the dismissal of Boost Boudreau and uh, any trades that he's going to make. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how he continues to shape this, uh, this team into his, his model and his, uh, his image. Um, and uh, he kind of uh, doubled down on some of the comments that he made with um with the Zucker trade about uh the they're still pushing for the postseason and that uh you know much like how if if there's any lull or any uh dip in play from uh from the players that they might make some more trades but he doubles down in this press conference by saying that uh, uh if players are hurt by this change then maybe they're not uh the, the right guys we need to have here this is business so very matter-of-factly, but also no-nonsense Bill Guerin um, really trying to shape the culture of this team. Like, look, we're this is what they're looking for. This is what they expect. And really laying, laying down the gauntlet. Yeah, I, I, I actually kind of like that. Like, just like, above all, you know, you got to be professional. Like, no matter what happens, there's st- there's stuff that's going to happen in the, in the next... Uh, few weeks maybe that you're not going to like but you know what you got to show up and you got to be professional i kind of like that i i absolutely do too um he also says that there needs to be accountability and all the players will be held accountable which we've been begging and asking for for a long time and i know that the rumors are swirling that you know zach parisi's you know axed another head coach but i don't think this is the case at all uh, I do think that there are players that do need to be held accountable. I think ice time needs to be spread around a little more um, evenly. Evenly, yeah, there's the word I was looking for. Spread around a little more evenly and develop certainly needs to be uh, a, a situation here, as we talked about in previous segments. But um, I think that uh, the, the change of the attitude where hopefully some of these kids are going, hey, I'm, I'm bought in, I'm ready to go. And uh, we'll, we'll see them get more opportunity. Mm-hmm. So they are 
uh, putting Dean Evason in charge of the team for now on an interim basis. Darby Hendrickson's moving behind the bench, and they are going to go forward with a full coaching search in the offseason. And I certainly think that uh, that the full coaching search option is a wise one. I would be very afraid of of the team, you know, rallying in the in the last few weeks, making the <laughs> postseason, and then all of a sudden you kind of do with the Mike Yo thing. Except that Mike Yo did in the Calder Cup playoffs, where it's like, okay, well, we've got this guy in house. He did an all right job. Let's give him the job. Right. And I and I think that a a more open look is necessary. Absolutely, and they need to do a thorough coaching search. They need the guy that is going to be on the absolute same page here with Bill Guerin about holding players accountable, being matter of fact, being no nonsense. And, and working towards the ultimate goal of getting complete and utter team buy-in. And if it rubs some of the, uh, the veteran players wrong, then it rubs some of the veteran players wrong. But what, what I said earlier is that the future for, for Ryan Donato, for Kevin Fiala, for Jewel Eric's neck, for Greenway, for all of those guys and any of the other guys that they bring up, it's their time now to, to, to be there. The future is now for them and they need to be put in a position to succeed and they need to, they also need to be able to grab the bull by the horns here and really take it. You know, it's, this is going to be a huge opportunity for them and it's going to be expected that they take that or they will be on their way out much like Garen said before. And Joe, I think a lot of the criticism that you're going to see on this move, I mean, other than Bruce Boudreau is a great coach, hall of famer, and you probably aren't going to find, someone better we acknowledged this earlier like i and i i think that is largely true but i I think the other thing that you're gonna see is like wait a minute like they've been on this they've been on this winning streak and then they lose this one game in overtime you know due to clearly bad goaltending like why would you fire him after that and bill Guerin insisted that no one they should have won that game last night that's absolutely true they should have won that game last night but two it was not this one game. It's certainly, you know, Bill Guerin definitely doubled down in his press conference today on more Zucker comments where they are going through the, um, they are going to make a push to the postseason. And he also felt that uh, players need to be not only held accountable, but they, they also feel like they need a different voice in that locker room for the stretch run. Um, he definitely said last night against the Rangers is a game they should have won. And I, I, I agree. They probably should have won that game, but um, at the same time, like uh, when it comes down to it, like the the um, situation about having a new voice, like you were going to get a new voice in the off season, anyways. Um, in in a season that looked to be lost early, uh, a good, uh, I think, a great coaching job by by Boudreaux to get them even to the point that they have been in. Um, and then ultimately it's, it's a new voice. So it's, it'll be interesting to see as we go forward. Mm -hmm. Is there any final thoughts that you had on, on all of this, sir? I think it's, um, I, what I'm seeing a lot is a lot of people saying that they trust in Bill Guerin. Part of me thinks that what he's saying publicly isn't necessarily jiving with what he's doing privately. I think he is looking to do a rebuild and, and work on the development of this team. I don't think that the push for the playoffs is something that is to be necessarily taken seriously. Uh, but this, but what he says publicly is kind of all we have to go off of. So uh, I think the next trade is going to be big. 
And I think that uh, this is going to be one of the biggest off seasons in this franchise's history, uh, which, I mean, we've said before when it comes to um, new general managers and, and new coaches, but uh, there's going to be some real big changing in the guard uh, when you consider Miko Koivu's coming off the books. Uh, Bruce Rowe has gone a uh, new sheriff in town and Bill Guerin, who is really attempting to change the culture. This is going to be a gigantic off season. Mm-hmm. And I am going to conclude my thoughts with just, you know, I, I liked Boudreaux. I thought he was a good coach. Obviously like he was very fun to read about. He's very candid, very animated, uh, very, you know, like he is as, as Russo has put many times a beat writer's dream. And that aspect uh, potentially being gone with the next coach is, is, you know, that's sad because like, it's fun to like your coach. Um, at the same time, I am excited. You know, this is a team that, uh, that Bruce Boudreaux, whether it was entirely his fault, which I don't think it was or not, you know, this was a team that he, uh, of veterans that he was supposed to elevate. And, you know, you, you just saw, unfortunately the, the same results. And like, I would definitely point to things, out of his control being responsible, at least partially. But at the same time, like, you know, this was a team and a formula that fundamentally wasn't working and wasn't going to work. So, in you know, maybe maybe you won't find a better coach, but you might find a, a coach that is going to develop your younger players going forward. Maybe you're going to find a coach that is willing to live with whatever mistakes that... Uh, young player like Kevin Fiala or, you know, probably next year Kirill Kaprizov is going to make. I am excited to see this team potentially go in a development phase and to turn the page on this team and see what happens next. So, And we'll certainly have more on this move as well as more follow-up from the Zucker trade. And uh, trade deadline is right around the corner for next week. So uh, I would say just stick tuned to Lockdown Wild and uh, and our Twitter and and where we write and uh, we'll have all of that fallout covered. So uh, big big time big time shakeups going on with the Minnesota Wild and it's uh, it's kind of it's this kind of stuff that also makes it fun to be uh, covering the the Minnesota Wild or even just any team as well. Joe, I know you can follow the show on Twitter at Lockdown Wild, but where can we find you on the internet? You can follow me on Twitter. At Joe Boo, that's J O E B O U 1 5, as well as all of my work at zonecoverage.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Ohio Tony. You can find my work on The Athletic Minnesota. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lockdown Wild. If you want to help support the show, you can do so by uh, sharing us on social media, telling your friends about us, and letting them know about this cool daily Minnesota Wild podcast. Wow, that's cool. You can email the show for our mailbag segments and and our listeners' choice segments. If you want to submit either questions or potential topics for future episodes, you can do that at LockdownWild at gmail.com. If you want to follow us on Twitter, like I mentioned, you can do that at LockdownWild on Twitter. Am I forgetting anything, Joe? No, I think that's it for the week. All right. A big week it was. (laughs) Huge week. Thank you to all the new listeners who turned up for this this episode and who turned up for the Jason Zucker episode. And uh, and please stick around. uh, Subscribe to us. Go on to iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. We really appreciate those. Thank you so much from the bottom of our hearts, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Lockdown Wild, where it's your Minnesota Wild every day.